0: who is god that is a big question throughout history people have been struggling wrestling arguing debating and fighting about who god is as though certitude in knowing who god is makes you better than others. If I were just a bit older and just a bit wiser, I would respond to the question, who is God, by saying, who can know, and then just sit down. But I'm not, so I won't. But neither will I pretend to have many of the answers. In so many ways, God is unknowable. We have been following a sermon series entitled Questions and the Quest. Embracing, affirming, and encouraging questions because questions drive us deeper in our faith. Questions can be very good. And before we can begin to scratch at the surface of today's big question, there is a much more pressing question, which many of you have, and it is, is it true? Is it true? Is there a resurrection from the dead, really? Resurrection, yes or no? I've said before that there are curious questions and there are crucial questions. Curious questions are interesting, but the answers don't really make all that much difference in the way we live our lives. So it's a curious question as to how Jesus was raised and to whether it was a physical or a spiritual resurrection. But was Jesus raised? That is a crucial question question, because the answer makes an enormous difference to us and to our faith. So what is resurrection? We all die. That's part of life. The Greeks believed in immortality, that somehow you were endowed with an immortal soul from the very beginning, and it just floated free from the body at the moment of death, and then In some Eastern culture, there's the idea of reincarnation. For us, resurrection is the understanding that when a person dies, he or she is dead. Not pretending to be, not asleep, but dead as a doornail. And when Jesus was crucified, he was dead a full three days. And then new life was given by God. Life as gift on this side of death and on the other side of death, life is a gift. We know that scripture tells us of this first hand account of the disciples being in the presence of the risen Christ. He took a fish and ate it. He was there. He raised his hands and he blessed them. And then Paul has this long passage about whether or not resurrection is true, but ultimately he comes to the conclusion and the affirmation that, yes, the resurrection is true, that we can base our life, our faith, and our future on this truth. Resurrection, however, cannot be proven It cannot be proven factually or scientifically, but it doesn't mean that it's not true. Faith has to do with what we believe. It's more than just intellectually assenting to something. It's trusting in it. It's staking our lives in it. Jesus was raised. He didn't raise himself. He was raised. It is always, always in the passive voice. Jesus was raised by whom? By God. Because Jesus was powerless. He was dead. Dead, dead, dead. And it was by the power of God that he was raised for new life. So we come to today with at least a part of us asking, is it true? Is this resurrection stuff true? Often in dealing with individuals and families who are approaching death, I'm asked the question, is there really something beyond this life? And with the witness of scripture and faith and all the gut-wrenching courage I can muster, I say, yes, I know that it's there, but I can't prove it. Did you catch it in our... Corinthians text in verse 26. It said that even death will be destroyed. And is that not true in each of our lives? Death, which fear, which we fear, we fear death. We deny it. We avoid it. We want to put off facing it. We don't want to talk about it. It's something we all have to go through. And ultimately, death itself will be put to death by a power greater than death. That's what our text tells us. Now, you all know of the Grim Reaper, right? You know why the Grim Reaper is so grim? Because the joke's on him. Death is not the final word. The Grim Reaper doesn't get to have the final word. It could not finally have its way because the life bringer, God, Raised the dead Jesus and in him created an alternative to his creation. In the risen Jesus, the church came to know that the power of death is not the only possible conqueror. There is one who is stronger. So what about Easter for you? What is Easter for you this morning? A secondhand store in Hollywood touts the resale of wardrobes of some of the stars. And for a price, you can buy, wear, and pretend to have the charisma of of some star. And at least that's the sizzle of the advertising. Well, a Presbyterian pastor drove by that store a few years back during Holy Week, and here's what he wrote. I drove by the shop, and I was amazed by a sign in the window. In bold letters, it read, Have a first-hand Easter with a second-hand Easter hat worn by a star. I could hardly believe my eyes. Someone had spent a lot of time on the wording of that eye-catching sign. Well, it takes more than a second-hand hat worn by a celebrity or even a new one to have a first-hand Easter. By faith, we will have a first-hand Easter in which we know the risen Lord. So let's turn to our central question for today. Langdon Gilkey observes, the idea of God is at once the most important and yet the most questionable of all religious doctrines or symbols in the West. Of all concepts in modern cultural life and in varying degrees for believers and doubters alike, the idea of God remains the most elusive, the most frequently challenged, the most persistently criticized and negated of all important convictions. Is there a God? Can such a one be experienced, known, or spoken of? Or is all such experience illusory? Such seeming knowledge, in fact, a projection, such speech empty. Once again... God's existence cannot be proven or disproven by fact or science. But the answer to the question is crucial to how one lives his or her life. And my hunch is practically everyone listening this morning believes in God at some level or you wouldn't have wasted your time to come here this morning. Rather, for us, the question is, who is God? And God is many things, right? I mean, God is many things. And we could each, we could each come up with our own list of who God is. So let's just do that. I'm just going to say God is, and you just throw out a word or a phrase. Oh, creator. Love. Creator. 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 Jesus. Creator. What was it? Okay. Okay. What else? God is truth, powerful, honesty, light, humble, love, forgiving, power, terrific. God is all these things and so much more. We could stay all day and never come close to capturing all that God is. Theologians and people of faith have struggled with this question over the centuries and have never been able to come up with defining the unknowable and infinite God. Music. Music. You can't see it. You can't touch it. It comes from outside and yet it It penetrates, it touches, it moves, it inspires. God is like that, only more so. A rabbi once asked, where is God? And the reply came everywhere. No, said the rabbi. God is everywhere where we let God in. God is everywhere where we let God in. You all remember A Christmas Carol, Charles Dickens? We think of that as a Christmas time drama and story, but it's really an Easter message. Because here's old Scrooge, one of the most self centered greedy, old skin flinch you could ever imagine. And he's haunted in the night by ghosts from the past. He's unkind. He's he's just well, we just can't imagine how insensitive, uncaring he is. But through this unfolding story something starts First to die in him so that something new can be born. It's the same body. It's the same Scrooge, but a brand new person who becomes kind, generous, extends himself joyfully for others. If that's not a story of resurrection, I don't know what is. It would be better served to read that and to see it at Easter time, to remind ourselves of the, of the power of Easter. Easter is such a gift. Easter, there's a power, and at least three things are present in the power and gift of Easter. One, it's there for Jesus. And two, it's there for us. In my Father's house are many, many rooms. If it weren't so, I should have told you, for I'm going there on purpose to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I shall come again and receive you to myself, so that where I am, you may be also. That's the power, the presence, and the gift of eternal life. But the third piece is that resurrection happens here and now. It's available in our time. So God is, God is many things, but God is resurrection presence here and now. And God is everywhere where we let God in. Now. And can't you think of times in your life, maybe not as dramatic as old Scrooge, but can't you think of times in your life when you've been dead When you've been insensitive, when you've been thinking more about yourself than about others, and something in you needed to die so that something new could be born, a new you, same old body, same old David, but something new, something wonderful can be born. And that can happen in our world. It happens in our lives and it can happen in our world. So who is God for you today? Is God not love and life and all the many things we shouted out? God is with us. Where we let the renewing, transforming power and presence of God in. The proclamation of Easter is that all is well. All is well. And as a Christian, I don't say that with easy optimism. But as one who has looked upon the cross with all its evil and destruction and my own capacity for evil and destruction. But you see, when we look to the cross and beyond, we come to know in the end God's will and not our own. Love wins out. Death is not the end. The end is life. And there is only life and more life with all its beauty and mystery and blessing. Friends, that's all there when we proclaim Christ the Lord is risen. In Luke, we read that Jesus came into their midst and then he vanished. Who is God? We struggle and we glimpse and we sense and we yearn and we learn. It was Vaclav Havel who said that God is the firm vanishing point of our striving. Let me say that again. God is the firm vanishing point of our striving. And so God is. And so God is. Who is God? Many, many things. But the human heart and person can never fully know we cannot contain it. Just so neither could the tomb. God cannot be contained. Not in our heads, not in our hearts, and not in the tomb. Who is God? I don't pretend to know it all. But this I do know. God is the one who raised Jesus from the dead. And that same God raises us now and will raise us into eternity. And we will never be contained in a tomb, a casket, or a grave. For God will contain us, and that will be enough. God will keep us in his eternal purposes forever. And as our first Corinthian text ends, God will be everything to everyone. God will be all in all. So be it. And happy Easter. Amen.